Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. October 14th, 2020, brought to you by Crazy Incorporated. Yours truly is Crazy Inc. Straight jackets, not included. Anyways, the anniversary of AEW show, starting off with Lance Archer versus Moxley. So that's why there's all those title defenses for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, or just the world title. And then you have Cody versus, okay, so... Cody versus Orange Cassidy. What gave it away? Did Meltzer give it away for this reviewer? I mean, come on. So, Cody versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship. A few weeks ago, Cassidy challenged for the championship and lost. Big Swole is just awful. She is entirely incapable of bringing others up. Okay, I don't really care about that shit. But it does say, and speaking of disasters coming hot off their mind-rotting match against TH2 last week, FTR will defend their tag team titles against the Mud Show duo of Best of Friends. Well, this guy doesn't like AEW like me, dude. I don't mind AEW. I just don't like some of their shit. And I'll elaborate further as I, you know, for view. This is the AEW anniversary show. As we know, so far it's going to be a big night for AEW and the loyal fan base. Um, the fan base that like WCW now has something to like it. And I didn't mind WCW. I just I'm going to get further into this review, I guess. So, it was the anniversary episode of AEW Dynamite. It opens the way so many episodes do with a match. You have AEW Tag Team Titles, FTR with Tully Blanchard versus Best Friends. So, Cash and Chuck and Taylor hits the show. I'm not going over the fucking moves. I really don't want to do this shit. But I will review. I will review. Cash tags in and blindsides Trent. Gotta give some of the Dax tags in and they hit a drop toehold. Oh my god, why the f- get on with it, motherfucker? Who won the match? Oh my god, why are these ads on your page? 
As I said, best friends back to why? No, who cares what status they are? Why does it say mid card in there and says okay? Trent counters with a roll up, not catching on that. Who won the match? Get to the fucking point, please. Oh my god, this dude's sweet. It, okay, the winner's FTR. Go figure. Because I'm guarantee you Blanchard got involved, right? Chuck prevents it, blah, blah, blah. Cash running with the belt and dodge him when they get cracked with the title a minute later. Of course, you know, the heels get the victory, and I don't. Kip Sabian and Miro with Penelope Ford versus Sean Maluda and Lee Johnson. Sean Maluda, a failed experiment in NXT. See this? I just catch wind of former WWE guys and gals sometimes, but I will continue with the review. Miro gets back inside and beats Maluda some more. Sabian gets a tag. Winners are Miro and Kit because Miro hits his camel clutch. After the match, Sabian gets on the microphone and he screams that Trent ruined his most prized possession, holds up the keyboard of the arcade machine, and Miro shouts in Bulgarian. Miro says, best friends broke his shit, and it's game over. Okay, that's pretty cool. Alright, commercial break. MJF comes out alongside Wardlow and insults the fans before inviting Chris Jericho to join him in the ring. Inner Circle come down in the ring wearing the jackets MJF gave them, except for Sammy. That's kind of funny. MJF says, as good as the jacket looks, we have to point out how incredible Jericho's body is. I just, I'm, no. Uh, not that Jericho doesn't. He used to. I mean, he used to. Now he's just a big old bulk. <laughs> That's what, I mean, Chris, I'm not apologizing for what I said on Monday because it's true. Oh, it's damn true. It sounds like a fucking mark to begin with. And I am a mark running a podcast, so it's very rare that someone admits that. But, you know, you kind of have to get shit out of the way before reviewing it. Jericho tells MJF to cut the crap and get to his big announcement. And MJF says he doesn't want any hostilities. So keep it real. Okay, so MJF tries to say he wants to join the inner circle but can't get at the words out. Jesus Christ. So it's one big tease if he's going to join the group or not. So then they end up shaking hands. Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker get messages and massages together because we just cannot have enough comedy. And Baker lists more of her rules for life. She then realizes Tony is naked and starts screaming. Baker waxes the chest of Tony and then tells us she returns to action next week. Okay, then. Cody with Brandy Rhodes and Arn Anderson versus Orange Cassidy. Okay, Cody's back to being blonde here. So, you know, got to keep a new look, right? Dye your hair, make it cool. Who gives a fuck about it? Just keep entertaining, right? Cassidy feigns a lockup and puts his hands in his pockets. I told you, if I ever worked this fucker, I would beat the ever-living shit out of him. Why? Because as tradition in wrestling, right? We're not traditional wrestling. This is different kind of wrestling. So wrestling with our hands in our pockets. So if he gets seriously hurt, I'm guessing the hands come out of the pocket then, right? And the reason I'm getting upset is because shit is like paragraphs long on the review. Anyways. So Cody is in control. Cassidy fires back with shin kicks. Cody gets angry, hits an uppercut. I don't want to read the full fucking review. But um, it was a time limit draw. Bullshit. I hate, and I repeat, as a fan, I'm not a 
big proponent of someone who decides to book a fucking time limit draw. Either you win or you lose. There is no in-betweens. And some fans will say, you got to have an open mind, brother. Uh, I do have an open mind, but as a, you know, as I said, I look at things from both sides of the fucking curtain. And that includes, from a fan's point of view, which is, you know, still you get to see what the, the workers do and then this bullshit, a time limit draw. AEW tag teams, Tony Blanchard, Tony, they do a raffle to determine who will be a part of a four-team match to decide who will be the new number one contenders to FTR. The Butcher and the Blade and Young Bucks. Matt and Nick come down to the ring. Okay, who wants this fucking shit? AEW Women's Championship. Oh, what a joke. What a joke. Hikaru Shida versus Big Soul. I did watch some of this on DVR, folks, before the podcast. And I got to tell you, I'm glad I decided to turn it off. Because after watching half hour to 45 minutes of AEW, I think to myself, boy, if WCW and ECW had a love child, I'm pretty sure that AEW would be it. So they shake hands before the match. Um, okay, who wins this match? Because I just... Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure Kurashida won because she's so fucking dominant. Um, after that horrid show, it wasn't horrid, it was just like, okay, well. AEW has this bad habit, right, of doing things that WCW did in their past. And that is when you bring in a slew of big names. From a company that they used to formerly work for, is it a bad thing that they bring in talent in the first place? No. But tonight's show, they had one title defense. Number one contenders match. Hmm. On the other show, there was a number one contenders match. And it was Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae. Then you had a plethora of shit going on in the backstage locker room area for NXT. You had Damian Priest... Dexter Loomis in the main event. You had Imperium versus Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, which is kind of like the Rock and Sock connection. No longer close with ratings, but but folks, it works because it's cheesy, it's corny, and some of you say it's mid card. Who cares? Um, well. Considering at least NXT's got a structure going on, at least they continued what happened last week, but just in a different different way. And by that, I mean they continued pushing Shotzi Blackheart. I mean, she's young, yes. She's fresh, and she's new, and she's full of fucking life, man. I like the way that she works, and she knows that eventually she's going to get her spot. Right now, I don't know. What Candice Ray is doing, and I intend not to care. Uh, she's not bad. She's not good. She's very basic for a heel. It's just, um, if I was going to put somebody in the main event versus Io Shirai, if they had a crowd, you know, they could amplify it a lot more, in my opinion, if they put. Tony Storm, 
Ember Moon, Raquel Gonzalez, Rhea Ripley, Candice Ray, Indy Hartwell, Shotzi Blackheart, Blackheart, sorry, in a match, folks, for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, the NXT Tag Team Championship, there was a number one contenders match. Gee, go figure, right? One's, they're like, we don't pay attention to their product. We sure as hell just focusing on our product. Um, of course, you know, in wrestling, you got to keep a poker face when you're saying shit like, I don't care what the other company's doing when, in fact, you're in a fucking room watching a monitor of what the opponent is doing and deny it, you know, at a press conference. It's, it's tradition, folks, in wrestling. If you hate a company... You just sock it in the mouth by just mirroring what it's doing. You're mirroring what your opposition is doing. It means just observation, okay? Because I've seen this done in the Indies. I've seen this done at the pro level, which is kind of funny because if you think on it, if you really think on it, folks, tonight... In the biggest sense of the word that's used a lot in just conversation, it was a clusterfuck. Both AEW and WWE, not so much WWE. It's this it's the structure of the story that makes sense that it's WWE's fans be like, Okay, cool, I can follow. AEW stories are more like, here, let's throw this guy against this guy. He's totally random. Let's pick him out of the hat. Let's throw him up there and let's just hope and pray that uh, it'll make sense. They, the only continuation going on is the whole MJF, Chris Jericho bullshit. And Chris is a genius when it comes to Mike. I don't know so much about booking because some workers are smart and they go, okay, who do we have that will elevate this fucking roster to its fucking maximum potential? Boy, now that sounded more boring when it came you know. Out the first time. In other words, the only consistency between certain things in AEW, yeah, they followed up with last week's story, if anybody can fucking remember it, because it's one big jargled up mess. And then, for those who say, I would revert back to, you know, when WWE had the Attitude Era, you weren't, you were seeing different stories every week and you were on the edge of your fucking seat and you couldn't guess what was going to happen. The sad thing is, folks, you know, stuff gets recycled. Concepts get recycled. What matters is if you're fucking entertained or not. For those of you who have any questions, you can message me at wrestle underscore radio and at Brian Rails. Actually, you know what? Yeah, at Brian Rails. On Twitter. So, anyways, back to what I was saying. AEW's anniversary show was tonight. So, of course, you're going to have title defenses and the same stories that were structured next week and this week and the week before. The st- anyways, the stories that were structured continued on tonight for a brief hot hiccup, right? Because MJF gave the inner circle a gift, if you will, because he's MGF. He's a cross between the Million Dollar Man and EC3. I don't know what any of you would think of that cross gimmick, but you know what? 
it is what it is. And there's no shame in him because there's obviously a lot of fan base that follows AEW. Um, and I'm not going to say the word, unfortunately, right after that sentence. It is what it is, man. People choose who they're going to affiliate with, whether it's AEW or NXT or <laughs> the only thing going for main roster, and I'll get into this during Off the Rails Uncensored tonight, Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, not so sure that's a rating draw. But, I mean, it is interesting that The Rock is now paying attention to this whole feud between his cousins. Go figure, right? You get the attention of one, you get the attention of the other, you dry the iron of uh, a Samoan family, man, full of history. So I guess in that regard, main roster has a few things going for it, right? Also has a guy that's a homophobe and a fucking racist and a guy that cyber stalks somebody already and is getting himself in hot water, Lars Sullivan. Who knows, maybe it's a sympathy point. I don't think what Lars Sullivan is doing is sympathy related, man, or empathetic. So where someone can feel sorry for someone that not only harassed someone while on the internet, I mean, that's not uncommon nowadays. I mean, it's happened to more than just one, right? I'm taking my shots early, ain't I? Look, tonight's show of NXT, tonight's show of AEW, obviously their their showversary of being on air for a year doesn't... Boy, you know what? I'm going to just cut this short, not the show. But I'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty. If you don't like hearing honesty about, you know, or opinion, there's a whole other slew of podcasts, I'm sure, that get more listens than moi's. But you know what, folks? I believe if you add a little flavor before the rant... Things work out for the best. Following content is not suitable for minors under the age of 18. If your child repeats this shit to his superiors, including teachers, principals, authoritative figures, random people at the park, it ain't my fault. I am not liable for any Verbiage that comes out of your child's mouth. Also, any reproduction or likeness thereof, similar to thereof, of Off the Rails Uncensored, you will be fined $45, and there will be a lawsuit in civil claims court. So, now, if you don't mind, Maestro, hit my... Music. You get.
Okay, folks. Before we get into the rant and raving, Monster Factory was having a last day deal. I don't know if that deal's still up, but for more information on the wrestling school that can make your dreams come true, but you got to invest in yourself first. But for more information on the guide to becoming a professional wrestler, referee, commentator, ring announcer, professional wrestler, male, female, you can go to monsterfactory.org. Believe me, in that documentary of Danny Cage and his school and his excellent students, they are wonderful people. Um, I went to two of his super camps, folks. This school is the real deal, man. It is housed former Intercontinental Champion Matt Riddle, the current North American Champion Damian Priest, former World Champion Tag Team Champion, Intercontinental Champion Sheamus, the former Raw and SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, who are now on Impact. There's just a lot of, a lot of names, folks that have come out of Monster Factory. So invest in yourself. Make your dreams come true. Make you a priority. Okay? So this is it, man. Monsterfactory.org. We are in the middle of a pandemic, so Danny requires his students to wear masks during practice. For more information, again, visit monsterfactory.org. Do not email the office. There is a phone number on the website, folks. Be sure you utilize it because do not waste Danny's time. Do not waste the coach's time. If you don't want to be involved in the business, don't bother. But if you do, invest in yourself, man. Join the world-famous Monster Factory. Who knows? You might be in WWE. Who knows? With hard work, you might end up in Impact or New Japan. Or you might end up in NWA, Ring of Honor. The list is infinite. Danny's got a huge amount of connections, folks, and I'm not kidding you. So, with that being said, go to monsterfactory.org. For more information, check out the website. It is located, the world-famous Monster Factory is located in Paulsboro, New Jersey. If you live in the surrounding area or if you would like to join, again, that is monsterfactory.org, sir. Thank you. Now, NXT Reborn, their constant rebirth, it has to center around how well the talent is and how many fresh new faces have captivated the audience and how many stories have we already gotten into, even without Keith Lee, without Matt Riddle, without Donovan Dijakovic, without Mia Yim, without several people, you know, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, there's a lot of folks that have graduated as alumni from NXT, and they probably, you know, didn't imagine themselves being as a part of the black and gold roster. So, it's difficult, you know, every single two years to come up or year because a lot of names pop up and they oh they lost this championship they're going up to Maine. Sometimes it's not the case because. Predictability is kind of an easy thing for fans to uh, get attached to. Or reading Mr. Meltzer, who, like I said, is a very nice individual, but he's annoying as fuck. Why? 
because this columnist is just as clueless as Vince Russo about how the wrestling business works. Well, talks about this is really going to happen. But again, I will say it. Because of Dave Meltzer, several championship matches at WrestleMania had been ruined. They're like, he has nothing to do with the outcomes. We don't even talk to him. Bullshit. You don't even read the stuff that he posts online to allow people to believe that we were actually going to have decent WrestleManias 29 through 33, almost, yeah, 34. The line cut off at Mania 35 because I just want to say, point this out, No, nobody in their brother's mother, included me, disagree with the fact that NXT is just going to go away and never come back and crawl into a hole because AEW's, you know, romping in ratings. That's because some people are very jump ship type folks. I know a lot of those people back home, trust me. Some are rabid loyal fans of certain things. But when it comes to losing or losing interest, some people are the type that I don't like this anymore. I want to find something new. I want to start fresh. Very flighty and very flaky. Yeah, you stick with losers. Yeah, dude, you know, that's funny. You messaged me the last time I was on air about the Chiefs, and I told you, do the response system, dude, that, you know, it took forever. It took forever for the Raiders to actually beat the Chiefs. It took eight years. Eight. So you can imagine why I'm going to say this, and you're also a dual fan. That's interesting. Well, I don't like some of the stuff NXT does sometimes. You know, you don't have to like everything they do. And you don't have to tune in to USA Network 8, you know, 8 Eastern, 7 Central every Wednesday. You could easily... I record AEW so I can watch their content and I can judge for myself, okay, this is a good match, this is a bad match. I don't dislike AEW. I'm just not a huge ultimate fan of it. Like, why? Why be a fan of somebody, a company that reminds me so much of how Impact was back in the day in 02, how ECW was back in 94 through 96, actually 94 through 97, because no, I'll take that back. If you look at AEW's roster and you look who's wrestling, you wouldn't pick these guys out of a lineup if they were, you know, you're like, are these guys workers? The only one that the only ones that assemble or assembled workers are would probably be Jericho, MJF, and formerly the guy formerly known as EC three. Uh Sammy Guevara does not I mean you look at him you're like, okay, he's gotta be a male model, right? Jake Hager, yes. Certain guys like okay, uh Sean Spears, yes. F T R, yes. So, according to this, folks, what I'm trying to say is the former WWE roster has incorporated itself 
in AEW. And also, their constant need, even without their anniversary show, to defend a championship is not a crime. But every other fucking show, this title's going to be on the line. The tag titles are going to be on the line. They've had shows without title defenses. Because I looked at the past cards, you know, for the last year that AEW's been around. Happy anniversary, AEW. You lasted one year. And there's no audience, so it makes it harder. It makes it harder for both AEW and WWE. But it also makes it harder for the independents because there are people that want to get out of their house. And there's people that want to do shit that is not work-related. And they tune onto the TV, they tune into the tube, and they see, okay, we've got NXT on one end of the spectrum, and we've got AEW on the other. So with NXT constantly pushing the restart button, and you know what? It's amazing that Hunter and powers that be can do it. I mean, I don't know how many promoters would be, like, chomping at the bit to get Something restructured, you know, something redone. And resurfacing what, you know, was already a good foundation of superstars, man. It just is, it's, I don't know if some may call it luck. Some may think, okay, how does Hunter and them keep getting the top-notch guys and gals from the independents? Where do they find these people? And how in the world... You know, it's money, one thing, but, you know, another thing is, folks, it's not just the creative ability and mindset of one person. This is a team effort. So what some may view as NXT as being, oh, they do the same shit they did, you know, three years ago. I don't think so, folks, because... Three years ago, this company was in a very much different state of mind. AEW wasn't even around. Ring of Honor was you know, selling out Madison Square Garden, and this wasn't three years ago. This was just last year during Mania 35 weekend. Yeah, there's I – don't, I don't think Cody's bitter considering the fact that he's aligned himself with a billionaire, in quote, right? Tony Khan is the former owner – I don't know, yeah, maybe no. He is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's funny, both companies are residing in Florida, well, NXT, and now main roster, right? How do two companies succeed in the way that they do? One is a merchandise mogul, that'd be WWE. The other one is what can we do that's so off the wall? Uh, you know, be simplistic, but off the wall, and and make fans come gather to fucking see us. That's AEW's mentality. That's any, you know, actually, that's any wrestling promoter's mentality. What can we do to get the crowd going? What can we do to up merchandise sales? What can we do as a whole that'll contribute to the entertainment of the masses, or as I like to put it, you know. The entertainment of the supermarks or the smarks. It's very, it's very difficult now to entertain a crowd, you know, and make them 
spend like five minutes off their phone because I'm addicted to the shit too, you know, taking pictures if I was at an event and make sure to post on Facebook if they had Wi-Fi. I mean, it's some may say, well, I pay attention to the action and I take some pictures, but I don't really pay attention to my phone and the whole time you're full of shit. So if you just message me on Wrestle underscore radio, I will call you out, man. You actually pay attention to the full-length match, which is a fucking lie because I know some may say I don't really pay attention to my phone, and I'm, again, going to tell you what a crock of shit that is that you just said. Anyways, as I was saying, NXT is constantly being reborn. You know, the first time around, it was Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, Seth, Roman... You know, now he's John Moxley, but it was Dean Ambrose. Bray Wyatt has been in there for a very long time. You had Rusev, Big E, Xavier Woods at one point in time, who was a manager. Now he wrestles. He doesn't do too badly. You've got Heavy Machinery, Otis Dojovic, and Tucker. I don't know. Um, oh, yes. Ember Moon at one point. And she even said, I want to go back down to NXT. Now, Tony Storm's a part of NXT. And then he has to have all these stories going around that people can actually fucking follow. And over the years, you know, you've had characters. Some may say, well, you know, WWE's problem is, well, I could end, you know, my sentence with you. Do you know what AEW's problems are? I don't want to fucking do this tonight, man. I honestly don't want to argue on air. But if you want to call, man, you're more than welcome. It's 213-943-3422. I'm here all night long, and if you have an opinion that's an opposing opinion, cool, man. Go ahead and oppose, but don't impose. You catch my drift? So many times... Companies go through reviving themselves, revamping everything, making something different, making things feel new, fresh, you know, innovative, and that's what NXT is doing now. AEW is the same shit from when it was when it started. We're not going to have an oversaturated roster. That is, a, and I'm going to constantly say this. I respect Cody and Dustin and all the people involved in the creative processes for AEW. However, gentlemen, ladies, if you are part of the creative team, when you look at your show, do you honestly think it's successful? I mean, you're going to shake your head, yeah, because we'll look at the ratings. Obviously, we wouldn't have as many viewers if we didn't, you know, have a successful card. I'm going to lean towards a lot of shit here from experience of watching companies compete against each other. One might get driven crazy and want to pull their hair out because their ratings are not too far off from AEW. However, if you sit, watch, and Deliberator, Collab, or whatever, on the wrestling show you just watched, you're going to come up with different opinions anyways. 
NXT is the closest thing that we as wrestling fans had to what once was, right? Because main roster, when they did the draft this year, they said we have new faces, we have new rivalries, new feuds. I call bullshit. Because when it hits Survivor Series, you know NXT is going to be in, I don't know if they're going to be included in this whole show because of all the people and capacity, but you bet your ass, even if they find a way through NXT out, they didn't. They did not because they were like, oh, after all these years, let's put them, let's put the black and gold brand over the main roster. And it's true because that group of women, like Ember Moon said, is much better than the group of women on the main roster, with the exceptions of Asuka and a few others, okay? But NXT is constantly being reborn, being recreated, reimagined, redone, new merchandise. I mean, it's textbook perfect in some areas. And in some areas, it's like, can we please you know, have a different type of match? Well, we got a different type of match. One week, I think, was believe it was no disqualification. I mean, isn't that taking a page out of AEW's book? Also, there was a title defense on, you know, both NXT and AEW Dynamite. So I'm really happy that we're getting a dual edge. We're not getting a double edge sword. We're just, it's hard for me, who's got wrestling fan ADHD, or wrestling ADD, I have to focus my attention on one or the other, right? So I DVR'd AEW and watched about three shows. In my mind, I'm thinking, you watch AEW. Okay, cool. That okay, cool, and the tone of voice that I said in him was like, and then I only see this fucker who puts his hands in his pockets, and Orange Cassidy's not going to be the subject for too much longer, but dude, if you wrestle against somebody... That's going to be like, oh, I'm booked for you, and the fans ate it up, you know, the whole hands in the pocket type thing. He's got the right idea because of coronavirus, but at the same fucking time, I would deck this motherfucker in the ring. Is it would irk me? It's like, okay, so I'm supposed to no lock up, and how are you going to lean in? Dude, eventually the gimmick is going to be what? Exposed. What if he does go up against a bruiser like Jake Hager? He's just going to make everyone mad because the, the I've seen some of Orange Cassidy's matches. They're not the greatest. But wait, wait, wait. At one point, folks, he actually did use his hands, and he was able to use his forearms, and he was able to use elbows. Instead of this nonsense of putting the hands in the back pocket or in the front pockets, whatever. It's this blatant sign of, okay, I wouldn't say disrespect, but it's like, how the fuck am I supposed to work you? And he's like, I've got ways, man. You can take me back. I, you know, we can discuss. That's what I would say if I was, you know, going to throw you off your game. It's like, And I'm just sitting here, like, trying to be nice to both sides, right? To be impartial, to 
not rant all the way through so that I don't impede the interest of, oh, by the way, what's up, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Canada, all you all listening to my crazy psychopathic rant. (laughs) Thank you guys for putting up with my shit and listening to what I have to say. Now that the shout-outs are out of the way, let's continue. I try to be nice. I try to be nice. But the way AEW does their show, their format's not the problem. The verbiage at the beginning of 2019 caught my attention because I had a feeling that certain teams weren't liking the way they were treated. Then, you know, it just begs the fucking question. Why would you say we're not going to oversaturate our roster with former talent and we don't want it to look bloated with ex-superstars from the competition? And then turn right around and say, well, we've got, you've got like over how many folks on your roster? There's got to be like close to 100. Same with WWE. They... I mean, they actually shrunk it down because a lot of people were paranoid about the whole coronavirus, COVID-19. So it took a minute for people to come back. So Kyle O'Reilly had, didn't have injury. He has diabetes. He's more prone to getting the virus, you know, with his, with his problems, you know, with diabetes. I just want to point out, since the pandemic, you know, I've watched both AEW and I've watched NXT. Some parts of NXT did kind of tick me off just a tidbit, just a smidge. Then the stories kept me going. So NXT is constantly being reborn because they constantly have to, you know, okay, well, Vince likes so-and-so on the roster, you know, he gets called up or she gets called up. I don't know about you all, but some of the rosters look a bit shaky. The only glue holding it together is Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt on the main roster, that is. And, uh, well, they have uh, Roman Reigns, and he's going to face Braun Strowman. We all know that out of the heart of all hearts that Braun Strowman is not walking away with that strap. Come on, man. I didn't think so when I saw the advertisement because he got in trouble outside of wrestling. He tested positive, not for COVID, but for use of a steroid. So, and he claims that it's something else. And it's like, uh, well, I see that some of you don't like what I'm saying about AEW. Well, I don't know if you understand that I don't give two flying fucks whether you like me or dislike me. So, 
you know, I can easily block you if you continue, which I'm most likely going to do. But AEW is not pure wrestling. You call Cody Rhodes taking an unprotected chair shot pro wrestling. Or a guy that, you know, that lands on his feet, but he breaks his toe. That's out of his control. I don't care about that one. What I do care about is when people make comments about the other ones wrestling, you know, and Jericho's the only one pretty much that can get away with that shit because the man is smart. I may have said lose 60 pounds, Chris, in the heat of the moment, but the man is fucking smart. Like, we don't, you know, well in the past in this company bullshit. Cody fucking rips Vince a new one. And it's a subtle jab. It's not like, hey, Vince, you suck. I really want to rip your heart out of your chest and feed it to your dogs or whatever. No. Chris is right in that regard, but he's also kind of wrong. And by kind of wrong, we don't rip them a new one every show. I mean, they kind of mask that with the matches that suck and the matches that pass, the matches that suck. Seems like FTR is a shame old shtick. And guess what? Some of them people like the same old shtick in a match. There's cheating involved if you're a heel. That's what it's supposed to be. No, I mean, the long dreaded pause that I always have on the show... It's gonna, you know, ah. all these messages on Instagram and Facebook are really starting to pile up. So forgive me, folks. All right. No, it's not a bad thing. I would say the one thing kind of saving WWE right now is their women's divisions. Uh, that's the exception of Bailey, and they're like, well, I'll give her credit. You know, she's held the championship over a year because that was kind of the foregone conclusion that when Bailey and Sasha got up to the main roster, would any other woman have a shot or a prayer? Asuka kind of took forever. Uh, Carmella, don't really care for. Uh, Naomi, you know, she's great, but mm. Bianca Belair, underrated, not being utilized. Shayna Baszler, they decided, you know, they gave her an opportunity to be a tag team champion with Nia Jax. It's kind of an odd way of presenting superstars that could actually outshine the majority and bulk of the main roster. Alexa Bliss is getting be utilized by the fiend. And that, so I. That's magic right there on the main roster, but this is about NXT. NXT has produced people like Alexa Bliss. It's produced people like Carmella and Asuka, and the list goes on and on and on. Majority of the roster is NXT alumni, man. Aleister Black, Kevin Owens, at one point Finn Balor, who's now packed on NXT. So NXT is constantly in a rebirth cycle, man. That's the beauty, not just them, but main roster is trying. They're just not, I mean, the draft, as I said on Monday, 
really did not captivate the audience to believe, like, okay, cool, whatever. That's the feel some people had, and other people were, like, excited for whatever fucking reason they may have been excited for. I don't know. And when it comes down to AEW and their version of entertainment, you know, for their anniversary show, did they disappoint? No. Again, I only watched about 30 to 45 minutes of it. Turned it off and said, okay, maybe I'll just read the results. I don't like doing that. But, you know... I read the results that are very paragraph long and annoying, and but it's a fucking show, so I have to report what I report. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's like, well, NXT is just straight up wrestling. There's no, there's no flavor. Yeah, there is. There were steel chairs tonight. Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano. Gargano brought out a chair. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott brought out a chair. So WWE is starting to loosen the reins just a little bit while AEW is trying to fucking lose careers. Not by steel chair, man. If they fucking can take the chair shot, protect their head, they're fine. All I'm saying is, folks, you want to see revamped ECW or lack thereof, go to see AEW and the stories and the way setups are WCW. Just saying. WCW had the bad habit of putting all their fucking eggs in one basket and not remembering there can be some cracked ones that happen on occasion. I... If I had to give them a star rating between, you know, the lowest or whatever, star rating, you know, their women's division is weak. Sometimes the stipulations in their matches are very, very, very similar to the matches they had before, and like no disqualification, and there's a time limit. Never ever end a match in a draw. That just pisses fans off to, you know, the brink of insanity. Like, okay, well. If you're going to have a draw, then we know what the match is going to be next week, or we don't. Does that is that an advantage for AEW is what you're asking me? It depends on what you're looking for as a fan, man. If any questions, man, it's Russell underscore radio. Again, that's Russell underscore radio at Brian Rails on Twitter. At underscore Brian Rails on Twitter, yes. Sorry, my bad. No. And I'm going to end the show a little early tonight because i got to wake up early again and get this money, right? All right, folks. If you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had... Oh, wait. No, I'm not going to end it just yet. NXT is doing a good job trying to keep stuff. The commentating... Could get a little better with Vic Joseph, Wade Barrett, and Beth Phoenix. Mario Ranello was a good fit. Corey Graves would be best to go on NXT and rotate sometimes. Just a suggestion. Come on, folks. Just try the best you can. Because listening and them describing their actions 
loosening Wade, maybe you need to let him just experiment and find his uh his voice. Samoa Joe's really good on main roster. As far as commentary goes on AEW, love JR, always will. It's just Again, I I can't I cannot you know, like me might give AEW a chance, they might surprise you. They haven't surprised me ever since they've been around, man. Since 2019, and then AEW was chanted during Hall of Fame at WrestleMania 35, and Hunter said it best. I'll remember that chant when the company goes out of business after five years. Just saying, player. I'm just saying. All right, folks, that'll do it for tonight. Enough ranting in circles. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say on Wednesday, because I kind of ran out of gas. Well, not really. I'll find more. Trust me. I will find more to talk about. It always happens. I just have that light bulb pop in my head. No, not AEW style. Anyways, that'll be all for tonight. That is all she wrote. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. The cult of personality. The cult of personality.